The objective, to deliver the NBA to you like no other. News, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Objective Basketball Podcast. It's a solo dolo show. I know, it's disappointing. You're going to have to hear my voice for the next 20-odd-some, 30-odd-some minutes. Uh, Lauren Gunn, she will be joining us on Thursday. But I figured, you know, since I was out here in Salt Lake City with, with my good producer friend, Drew... Um, I would give you guys my perspective from quote unquote on the ground, if you will. I'm currently in my hotel room post all-star game, providing you the insight that you need. Um, the all-star game itself, this was my first ever all-star game attending in person. Um, and to be a part of that, you know, career wise and, and all that stuff to be able to enjoy that for me personally, it was an accomplishment and to be able to get to that point i really appreciate everybody at sdpn for for rocking with me and letting me do that uh for real like it it's 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 a huge part of you know everything i've tried to do especially career-wise so i really appreciate it but the game itself ladies and gentlemen has been the topic of conversation online for the last you know hour or so since the game is finished because it was so boring. Yeah, exhaustingly boring. And and even for us <laughs> in the crowd watching, it was tough to watch. Uh, Team Giannis pulled out the win, his first win against Team LeBron, 184-175. Yes, 184 points against 175 points. Uh, the Elam ending didn't really do much justice in this one. Uh, since they've incorporated the Elam ending over the last couple of seasons, it's provided for some really, really fun fourth quarters, some intense games towards the end. And, you know, that's kind of all you can hope for in an all-star game. Uh, I've been watching this game since I was, I don't know, six or seven years old. And it's never really been about the game. Uh, it really never has been about the game. And I know for the younger fans who might be watching, for the people who might be new to the game, you know, they're probably going to be like, oh, well, this is outrageous. And yeah, to a certain extent, what we saw tonight was absolutely outrageous. No defense was being played. Um, it That wasn't basketball. And a lot of the players who are talking right now in press row are reiterating that. Head coach Michael Malone, Denver Nuggets coach, said that was the worst basketball game ever. Ever. That was the worst basketball game ever. I, I, I find it hard-pressed not to agree to that. Uh, Jalen Brown mentioned something similar where he said that was an awful game. Nikola Jokic said that's not the type of basketball game we want to play. It is rarely ever about the game. So I want to set that precedent before I jump off and say that that was genuinely maybe one of the most exhausting games I've watched in person. Um, our producer here, Drew, he caught me multiple times yawning. And again, from the top, I mentioned I'm super appreciative because uh, SDPN really flew us out here. We shot some great content, and I can't wait to show you guys some of the awesome stuff we did out here. But the game itself, um, 
it wasn't the best. The the theatrical stuff, it might not have showed on TV, but they did a phenomenal job. Post Malone and Twenty One Savage coming out, that was awesome. Thames, Rima, and and um, and Burner Boy coming out at halftime, that was also amazing. I was dancing. Not a lot of people in Salt Lake City were dancing because they they don't really know those artists. But I was dancing. I was enjoying myself. That was awesome. Um, so so the theatrical element, the draft, the live draft, I thought was also cool. And the way that they did that, I think it was it was good. But it dragged. Lauren, shout out to Lauren. You know she she's she's not going to be joining us tonight, but she she mentioned she's like this might be the longest All Star event ever. And yeah, we got to the arena. At I believe 4.30 Mountain Time, which should be, uh, no, actually 4 o'clock Mountain Time, which is about 6 o'clock Eastern. And we <laughs> we left at, at, at about 9.30. That's a lot. I was there for five hours. Uh, and, and I think that's too much. I think that they, they, they've added a lot of elements to this All-Star game. And it's kind of, it's made it drag a little bit too long. Uh, either way. Team Giannis pulls out the win. Jason Tatum, I guess one of the cooler parts about this. And maybe the the thing to show you just how lackluster the defense was, Jason Tatum scored 55 points. 55 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, almost ne- damn near. Had a triple-double in this game. Uh, he, he beat the all-time record in a single game, points-wise. I believe it was Anthony Davis who had 52 so yes, now Tatum has the record. He won the MVP as well, the Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP. Uh, there were some other notable performances. Donovan Mitchell dropped 40. He was really, really electric. I think the shot making that he had in the second half was was probably one of the only highlights. Um, I think Kyrie Irving had some cool shot making. The, the back and forth between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum there for a little bit towards the end of the third quarter was also probably one of the highlights. But overall, it's tough to pull out too much game-wise that I'm looking at and saying, man, that was such a memorable moment. That was such an awesome moment. You know, there was this this second where LeBron James threw kind of like a, a self-alley-oop off the backboard, and that was awesome. And then Tatum followed it up on the other end. Cool, very cool. I guess I guess my point is that this was one of the least memorable all-star games um and this is coming from a person who this is going to be my first all-star game attending it uh so so from that perspective it's not disappointing for me because hey i'll take it y'all can send me to these every single year if you guys want to but i can understand why from a fan perspective that that was not fun to watch and as a whole the all-star weekend probably needs a little bit of revamping um if we if we look back at the weekend and in as as a as a entity as the whole thing friday night you obviously had the celebrity game dk metcalf was awesome uh the rising stars game which i think they've they've done a really good job of of changing that up making it a little bit more exciting incorporating the g league players and then also dividing it up into teams i think they have reimagined the rising stars games in a very, very good way. It works. Jose Alvarado stole the show, but there were some great moments between Scotty Barnes and and whatnot. I thought I thought that was awesome. I, I had the rewatch here because it took us 16 hours on Friday to fly. And, and I'm sure producer Drew will hop on in a second and talk to us about that. But Friday was great. 
And then on Saturday, it was the Saturday night festivities and we had a live podcast. We, we came to you live. It was great to have you guys jump on there and, and talk to us and chat with us while we were watching. But the actual stuff, I think the skills competition was lackluster. It feels like they reimagined that in all the wrong ways. <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I sort of the opposite of the rising stars where it it just they've added way too many components. It's confusing. Even Drew was asking me consistently throughout this thing. He's like, so wait, uh, what are they doing now? What? Uh, who's who's winning? Oh, OK, what's going on? It, that, that's genuinely probably how it feels as a fan, because They've made it confusing. They've added all these elements, you know, the the passing game and then the the dribbling game and then the shooting game and all that stuff. It's just too much. Uh, and then adding teams, I think that's just made it. Too, they need to revamp that in a in a in a more interesting way. And I don't know. Maybe they've done too much revamping with that. Maybe they need to go back to the original, which was individual players, one single event, catching, uh, you know, tracking times. Let's see who wins. That that was fun. That was fun to watch, and especially incorporating the best guards in the game. I remember Darren Williams. He set the record. Uh, you know, obviously having Chris Paul in there, Steph Curry. Some of these guys, the best guards in the game. It makes it look better. But if you incorporate big men, you know, if you incorporate the Nasa Santanacumpo, if you incorporate Walker Kessler, you're not going to be getting the sharpest of tools in terms of dribbling, ball handling, passing, right? Um, and you know, the the Utah Jazz ended up winning that one, but. It just, it it didn't seem like it was all that great. The three-point shootout, which is pretty consistent every single year, it's entertaining. People like watching it. Um, I love it. I think, you know, going back to watching it as a kid and playing it on NBA Live, I think three-point shootout is probably one of the coolest aspects of the All-Star Weekend. Uh, and it, it worked out. Tyrese Halliburton tied an all-time record. Damian Lillard wore his Weber State jersey and won. That was amazing. That was a great moment. I thought that was one of the bigger highlights, one of the one of the peaks of All-Star Weekend, if you will. And then obviously the dunk contest, which Mac McClung revitalized. I, I know every time, every year we have an exciting dunk, dunk contest. We say the dunk contest has been revitalized. But no, genuinely, it it's good to have, you know, this underdog story of Mac McClung come and and be a central figure in this weekend. I think that was a really, really cool element of this because not a lot of people know or knew Mac McClung before this. No one, really. I, I, I When I was kind of talking about it on the live show, I was saying this is a guy who wasn't on an NBA contract until last week when the Philadelphia 76ers signed him to a two-way deal. He was playing in the G League. And this week, gets the two-way contract, signs a Puma shoe deal, and wins the slam dunk competition. I think he was great. Uh, exceptional 50s all around, I believe, except for one dunk, which Lisa Leslie did not give him a 54, but I think he, he definitely deserved a 50 for that. Uh, I thought he was he was awesome. He re reinvented some of the cooler dunks we've seen, see, showed off some dunks we've never seen, did the 540, although... You know, if I'm being picky, it wasn't really a 540. It was like a 510, 500, if you will. But it was still amazing. And he's a short king, so we stand, all right? We stand short kings in this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you're here, tuned in with us, we appreciate you guys. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN or in Ontario. Download the app using the QR code on your screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. So the dunk contest, 
was one of the highlights, in my opinion. I think, by the way, I would be remiss to not mention, not to mention Trey Murphy the third. He was exceptional. I thought he didn't get enough love for his dunk contest. I think if this was any other year, he'd probably win the dunk contest. Uh, to be able to pass it to yourself, catch it in the air, and then also do something at the end and, and finish it off with a dunk, people are not understanding how hard that is to be able to throw it to yourself and catch it. It's like, have you ever seen that? Um, I forgot what football thing it was, but where he w- he was throwing it to himself and then catching it for the touchdown himself. It's almost It's almost as difficult as that. Although, to be fair, the touchdown thing is definitely difficult. I can't remember who it was who was doing that, but that is that's that's how insane that pass is. A pass to yourself in the air is insane, and Trey Murphy deserves a lot of love. I was telling Drew right here, I'm like, there's not a lot of superstars in this dunk contest. Trey Murphy will end up being a star in this league, no question. I, I guarantee you he's going to be in a couple of Sunday games at some point, 100%. So the dunk contest was awesome, but we come back to the game. Um, and it just feels like one long dragged out festivity. Uh, it just doesn't seem like everybody was into it or as, uh, dedicated, if you will, to, to playing any type of defense, even some of the highlights, (laughs) they weren't the greatest highlights. It was a lot of three point shooting. Um, you know, there were cool John Morant dunks. There were cool, uh, half court shots from Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell, but overall it just... It just felt bleh. Bleh is the word I would say for the All-Star game. And I think a lot of people who are watching this, a lot of people who watch the game probably end up agreeing that it wasn't that great. It just wasn't that great. Um, Some of the side stories of this All-Star game moving forward will be interesting, though. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo reported that obviously he didn't play. That's another aspect of this. He, He subbed in. He started the game scored the first bucket, and then immediately subbed out. So clearly, he wasn't planning on playing. Um, And I think that's something interesting to watch. He injured his wrist on Thursday night before the All-Star festivities, and it was reported that he's actually going to be heading to New York to do further testing and imaging on his wrist. Hopefully, it's not too serious. Hopefully, there's, there's, you know maybe a, a couple of weeks off or, or something like that. But hopefully it's not too bad because the Bucs are in a great situation right now. Chris Middleton is getting back to health. He's, he feels like, uh, from what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, he's been ramping up and looking a little bit like himself again. Drew Holiday obviously having an all-star season. Uh, Brooke Lopez, defensive player of the year type season. The Bucks are in the same category as the Celtics in the Eastern Conference in terms of these dominant forces. I imagine... The Eastern Conference comes down to those two teams. Uh, So it would be really unfortunate if Giannis misses an extended period of time here down the stretch of the season. We only have 25 games left. 23, something like that. Most teams have about 20 to 25 games left. And if Giannis is about to miss 10 plus games, 15, that's going to hurt the Bucs in a major way who, who rely on him massively on offense and We'll see what happens there. Obviously, there's there's going to be some more reporting in the next couple of days. So we'll see what the update is. And maybe on Thursday, we'll talk about that Giannis situation a little bit more. But hopefully, he's okay because that's that's going to be a huge part of the season. I mean, uh, the Tim Bontemps straw poll came out for the MVP, and he came in second. Which, by the way, he, he wasn't even close to Jokic. I disagree on that factor. I think that there's much more of a conversation 
when it comes to Jokic and, and Giannis and even Embiid when it comes to the MVP conversation. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit more on Thursday. But the other side story of this, another injury, the other team captain, LeBron James. Second half, sat out because of a, of a hand injury. It seemed like he sustained that hand injury trying to block a Pascal Siakam shot. There was a replay that we saw where his his hand sort of got caught in the rim and then and then you you know he obviously heard it there. That that's huge. I mean, that goes without saying how massive of a deal it is for him to be missing out if he misses out any games. The Lakers have 23 games left in the season. Before the All-Star game, LeBron said that that is the most important 23-game stretch of regular season basketball in his career. And honestly, you know, a quick thinking, just thinking about it quickly, I might I might agree with that. Like the other the only other one I can think of is 2018. Uh the Cavs weren't doing so hot. They made a couple of trades at the de- trade deadline. And they kind of friskily fought their way to, I believe, a four seed. Um, and, you know, they had that series with Boyan Bogdanovich and, and the Pacers. And Pacers pushed them to, to I believe, seven games, which was awesome to watch, by the way. But, yeah, I think I think that stretch was also pretty important from what I remember. That seemed like the, the, the second half of the 2018 season was also very important for him. Uh, but there's no question that you know, legacy-wise and cementing himself, especially after the all-time, being the all-time scoring leader, uh, obviously being honored today as part of the festivities. But I think that is an interesting aspect to look forward. If, if LeBron misses any games, I mean, I sat here on the podcast last week and talked about how the Warriors probably would have beat the Lakers before the trade last time they played and they and the Lakers ended up pulling out that win they did it with you know D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Davis playing well and and kind of scoring and and figuring things out Jared Vanderbilt had a really really good game against the Warriors Uh, the Lakers before that trade would have absolutely been destroyed so I think the Lakers floor now without LeBron is much higher you know, they have more rotation players that they can rely on. So they might be able to tread water a little bit more, but it's still tough to see them gaining any ground in the West if LeBron is missing games. I think that's one of the biggest factors here moving forward. I mean, uh, the Lakers, uh, uh, just so I can double check here, they're still 13th in the Western Conference. Okay. They're 27 and 32. They're two games back from 10th. Um, and they have a tough schedule. They have a tough schedule remaining. Let me pull up their schedule right now just to double check for you guys, but it doesn't seem like this is something that's going to get easier for the Lakers moving forward. So missing LeBron, if he misses any time, is going to be a huge blow. So I'll give you guys their next five or something game. I'll give you guys the, the, their schedule for the next 10 games, and you in your head, tell me, tell me how many games they end up winning if LeBron misses even half of them. They come back on Thursday night, play the Warriors, then it goes to Dallas, then Memphis, then OKC, Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis, Toronto, New York. And that's about 10 games. Tell me how many of those the Lakers end up winning if LeBron, if LeBron misses even half of them. Doesn't sound too good, right? And like LeBron said before the game, 23 
of the most important regular season games of his career. I don't think that's a far stretch to say. I don't think I don't think that's that's crazy to say for him. I think it is because what this season means for him at his age, you're not really sure how many more full strength seasons you have. The injuries he sustained have lingered a little bit more than they would have even a few years ago. So you you kind of question, maybe he questions himself how far he can go, how long he can go in this as well. And I know he has, he is going to go for a couple more seasons. I feel like, I, I don't think we're near the end of the road for LeBron at any point, but the end of this type of productivity, you have to question it. Even if you're him, you have to sort of question if you can still do this again next season. Uh, and I think the Lakers are better positioned to win a lot more games next season. I think they probably will end up being a playoff team next season if they keep this roster. But something to consider, folks. And that's definitely something that is going to be a storyline to follow post-All-Star game. A lackluster All-Star game, that is. But... To kind of transition here to the experience that Drew and I had uh, over this weekend, I'll, I'll get Drew to pop on so we can talk about it and, uh, and, and see what we, we can kind of share with the listeners, if you will. Drew, what's going on, man? What's going on, S? It was a fun time for sure. Interesting experience. I even got the, I got the merch on for the audience. Nice. Uh, yeah, very nice. So, okay, which we was, almost lost. Which yeah. Oh, yeah, that is true. So we almost walked out of the arena today with over like two hundred dollars worth of merch, just just chilling in the in the seats. We completely forgot it. Let me ask you, what was your highlight? What like what what was the thing you had the most fun doing this weekend? I think watching you put up a bunch of bricks was pretty fun. Uh, Fair enough. All the fan events um, <laughs> and seeing uh, seeing all the all stars in person was pretty cool. Besides the fact that they they weren't trying. Um, and a lot of the jerseys, there's some crazy jerseys we saw at these uh, fan events with uh, tons of fans. Yeah, that's true. We did see a lot of fans. Um, and Utah itself was uh, interesting, to say the least, like just being able to experience yeah. like the people there, uh, talking to maybe some of the locals like that was that was a cool part of it. And then the the crossover event, like you said, like there were so many fans. I think we saw like over 30,000 fans just in the time we were there. We will say, uh, as the NBA needs to figure out their app because uh, it took me and S probably two hours to figure out how to access our tickets <laughs> to these events because it's like, oh, no tickets to display, no tickets to display. Yeah, like, figure it out, NBA. Come on. Yeah, the 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 NBA's app system is not the best. It's kind of like their league pass is is also not the greatest. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the the going to the events. Obviously, they had that snowboard thing. We only popped in for a second there. But like yeah. that was that was crazy as well. Literally, they set up a massive snowboard rink. I don't know what you even call it, but like this this ramp um, in the middle of a square, which was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was like um, what were those events called back in the day where it was like uh, rock and roll con snow jam? Where it was yeah, like yeah, I don't know if you remember yeah. those words. It was like winter sports in the summer. It was kind of like that. Yeah, uh, they set up the winter ramp and like. Utah and Salt Lake not really known for the alcohol drinking, so uh, they have these soda shops set up, and we uh, brought S to one of the soda shops to try a bunch of crazy flavors, and that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so keep your eye out for that. Uh, S, what was your favorite soda <sighs> flavor out of those? 
I'm telling you guys right now, that was like one of the most traumatizing experiences I've had. But it was it was it was worth it because it was fun mm-hmm. and you know we're shooting content and whatnot. But like genuinely, the mustard flavor. Every time I think of it, I I sort of cringe and I can hear I can feel the hair on the back of my neck just like you know moving a little. It's just uh, I don't like it. It it you know it freaks me out. I don't, that and the grass that was disgusting. So we had a lot of weird flavors. There was black olive. We had black olive flavor. You guys will see all that on the YouTube channel soon. Um, yeah, that was that was cool. Maybe maybe we should have got Charles Barkley to go to that soda shop because he didn't seem like he liked the fact that this was a dry state. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he had those comments during the All Star game saying this is a boring city and that you know it's it's not a lot of fun. And look, I think they for what they were able to do, the NBA had a successful weekend. I think like. The, the events setting up all the things that are going on around the city, whether it's the snowboarding thing, the, the crossover, the we went to the NBA house today to conduct an interview also, which was super dope to see the creator studio like they tried their best with what the city really was. Right. Um, but it is at the end of the day, Salt Lake City, Utah, you know. Yeah, I'm disappointed in like the lack of food. Uh, like most cities you go to, they have like this distinct like food that they love to share with the world. Like uh, yeah. I was in St. Louis uh, in the past, and they have the toasted ravioli. Toronto's got all the crazy cuisines. There was really nothing here. Like you, could, we couldn't even find a convenience store to buy batteries. We were walking for like 30 minutes. Um, just the lack of like an experience, food and entertainment wise, I think was the most surprising thing about this weekend. Um, but I guess it's Salt Lake City. It's known for being boring, I guess. Like, But yeah. still, step it up for the NBA. Right, yeah. Add some fla- flair to it. I know there was some... Uh... There were some like alcohol pop-up shops. I remember fans talking about that. So like they did try. I know that they tried to add some elements to it. There were there were obviously there were the parties. There were parties around there. Um, and like I'm curious. Obviously, Indianapolis is gonna be the next one in 2024, which isn't necessarily like any better. I, I've never been to Indianapolis, so I don't know. But look, it's the Hoosier State. Maybe basketball in the Hoosier State makes a lot more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like the downtown in Indy is a lot bigger than Salt Lake as well. And yeah. they got the Indy 500. They got a football team. So there's maybe we'll get you in a race car. Uh, get S driving a race car next year to be pretty fun. We Hell almost yeah. did bobsled this year. Just couldn't find the time. And I don't think it was uh, <laughs> S uh, is uh, built for the bobsled. Uh, it might have been dangerous. I don't know, man. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to risk the limbs. I, I I remember seeing the Jamaican bobsled movie, man. Cool Runnings. I remember watching the movie when they slid off that thing. I don't know. I didn't trust it. But yeah, Indianapolis could be fun. Could be fun. Um, oh, and folks, quick highlight of the weekend: S Iggy yeah. Azalea's airplane. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned <laughs> that yet. Okay, so so what? if you guys don't know. Uh, we kept seeing a um, a plane go by with a, with a sign saying "hotter than hell," and we thought it was maybe you know a promotion for a gentleman's club, something along the lines of that, if you will. But it wasn't, folks. It was not. Drew did some investigative journalism to find out <laughs> what it was. And Drew, if you wanna you wanna describe what you found out. Yeah, so it said Iggy Azalea, hotter than hell, and then a link to her OnlyFans account across the bottom. So a bit weird of her to be advertising that uh, around the city of Salt Lake City with, uh, I don't think this is the exact population to be advertising that to, um, but uh, yeah, 
I guess I mean All Star Weekend, but you couldn't even read it properly. I had to go on it, Reddit to figure out what it said. Or so. advertisement, if anything, because I had no idea. Maybe that was for chicken wings. I thought it was hotter than hell chicken wings. I don't know. Um, yeah, I I I think that was funny because I had no idea. I I honestly, the first thing I assumed was okay, maybe it's some kind of like club or something that they're promoting. But yeah, that was strange for sure. Um, folks, I think we'll wrap it up here. Just a uh, for, for me personally, career-wise, being able to do this, uh, again, I can't thank SDPN enough for, for allowing us to to fly over here and, and shoot some content and do some dope stuff. Hopefully, we'll be able to go to more flagship NBA events, and hopefully the NBA will provide us with more access to these NBA events. Yes. Um, but yes, I, I think, you know, outside of that, it was uh, all in all a good weekend. We will be traveling all day tomorrow, folks, uh, going hopefully not that long of a trip as it was on the way back. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming home to Toronto, and then we will continue on the pod. We will be there on Thursday doing the pod once again. Hopefully we will have um, you know, one of the beat writers from some of the, the newer teams that have made a trade jump on, and we can talk to them and see what they think about their current state of their team. Be, be interesting. Lauren will be back as well, so you don't have to listen to my voice for 30 straight minutes. But we appreciate you guys listening to the Objective Basketball Podcast. Again, stay tuned. We got a lot of content coming your way on YouTube from the All-Star Weekend, from all the stuff we've done. Uh, and again, the podcast, as always, we appreciate you guys listening, supporting. Do the whole like, comment, subscribing, if you will. And we will see you guys later. Take care. Follow House at Just S. Barahini on all socials and at The Lauren Gun on Twitter. The Objective Basketball Podcast. Delivering the NBA to you like no 